T.S. Eliot, considered one of the best 20th century poets, he says in one of his poems, in a world of fugitives, the person taking the opposite direction will appear to run away. In a world of fugitives, the person taking the opposite direction will appear to run away. We know that times would come when if you choose to live as a disciple of the Son of God, you would feel like a minority. Times would come when if you decided to strive for purity and integrity in your life, you will be mocked. Times would come when if you chose to live a sober life, you'd feel powerless before the giant of this world. And this is very much the description of our times. But has it been like this in history in any other time? And if yes, what can we learn? Because it is definitely very discouraging and disheartening when you feel like you're going against the flow all the time to feel like a minority all the time because of your faith. The widow of the story, she was powerless. Widows and orphans in the Bible, they represent those who are most vulnerable. No husband or father to protect them in the society of the time. Plus, for a widow, if the husband would die, the heritage wouldn't go to her, but to the family of her husband. That's why God is revealed in the scriptures as the one who takes care of widows. We could say that this widow, she had nothing to rely on. No one to care for her. The Israelites in the first reading, they were also defenseless, being outnumbered by the Philistines. You can imagine almost like that battle in the Lord of the Rings before the Black Gate, being totally outnumbered, feeling def defenseless and diminished. And the community that St. Luke is writing in the gospel that we read today, that community that St. Luke is writing to, they were like a third generation of Christians. They very much were undergoing the same situation. They were being persecuted, feeling weak in front of a powerful world with no worldly power and very much outnumbered. And this may be the case today of those who call themselves disciples of Jesus Christ. Those who have decided to identify themselves with Christ. We can at times feel powerless. And so I want to encourage you tonight. I want to share encouragement from the Lord in this night. And how can we feel and connect with more with that power? So we can ask ourselves, why does the Almighty allow us to feel powerless? What is the point? Because the gospel clearly says that 
all-powerful God will reply, even if he waits, even if he delays. So we know that it is intentional, that there's something about the experience of powerlessness that can teach us, that we can learn from. So what is it that we can learn when we feel powerless before the world because of being disciples of Christ? I think that that experience of powerlessness in the first place, it clarifies our intentions. It clarifies our intentions. Why am I following Jesus? Why am I following him? Why am I living this way? John Henry Newman, in one of his writings, he put it in a very beautiful way. He said, No one among us knows for certain that he himself will persevere. Yet everyone among us, to give himself even a chance of success at all, must make a venture. As regards individuals, then, it is quite true that all of us must, for certain, make ventures for heaven yet without the certainty of success through them. This, indeed, is the very meaning of the word venture. For that is a strange venture which has nothing in it of fear, risk, danger, anxiety, and certainty. Yes, so it certainly is. And, this, and in this consists the excellence and nobleness of faith. We are meant to take a risk. It is not so much what you have gained in the faith, what helps us to follow Christ, but what you have lost for him. It is truly in the things that we have given up for him, to follow him, that we make a venture, that we risk, and that we can start experiencing true faith, true trust in him. So in the first place, it does clarify our intentions. It helps us to know why are we following Christ. Secondly, feeling powerless before the world strengthens our souls. We become stronger through the challenge when we need to defend our faith, when we need to think of the reasons why do I believe what I believe. Why do I behave in a certain way? It must be because God is that way. And I want to follow him. So it does strengthen our soul to go through that struggle. And thirdly, it helps us to develop our trust in God. To be able to trust more in his power. And not so much in our own power. St. Paul, in his great genius, he puts us in a wonderful way in 2 Corinthians 12. He says, Three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For power is made perfect in weakness. I will rather boast most gladly of my weakness in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. Therefore, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then 
I am strong. So it is not about our strength, but the strength of Christ in us. For when we are weak, he is strong. I tell you, I have been lately very much encouraged and strengthened by the example and testimony of these great friends from the first centuries, the apostolic fathers. You should read them. You should read their lives, the life of Ignatius of Antioch, of Clement. I read Polycarp last week. He died in the year 140. And he died when he was 80 years old, after 80 years of faithfulness. And of course, he was condemned to die because of being a Christian against the Roman Empire and the gods of the Roman Empire. But the people who were condemning him, they didn't want to kill him because they respected him very much. And so they gave him 10 chances of backing off. And he would say, I am a Christian and I have been faithful for 80 years. I won't renounce now. And he would even even say to the one condemning him, now if you want to know more about Christianity, set a date and I will explain it all to you. They say they they condemned him to, to be burnt alive. He refused to be nailed as they used to, to do. He just stood there in the middle of the fire. And those who were seeing him burn alive, they say that he wouldn't be consumed. The flames were not consuming him. And people who were surrounding the scene, they started feeling the smell of incense. And they went and finished him before more people converted. Because people were falling on their knees. A man who, before the world that seemed so great and so powerful, he was able to connect with the power of Christ. And in his weakest moment, he was the strongest. And so it is the promise for each one of us that we can become strong even when we are weak. So how can we battle so bravely as Polycarp and as all these people, as the widow in the gospel? How can we battle more bravely like them in the moments when we feel small, in those moments when the dorms are just crazy and you feel that, you know, the world is going in another direction. What, what am I doing? When you meet with friends and they, they mock about Christianity. When, when in class you hear all the things that you hear. How can in those moments when you feel small be encouraged in the power of Christ? And the answer is that we need to connect with the power of Christ it is not our own power, but it is the power of Christ in us. We need to be able to experience more like St. Paul. That when I am weak, I am strong in him. That it is his power that conquers. When I am weak, I am strong. When I am weak, he is still strong. So we prayed today with Psalm 121. It's a beautiful psalm. And we just said that phrase, our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. My help doesn't come from myself. I feel small. I feel weak. I feel like going against the flow. But my help comes from the Lord who made heaven 
and earth. This beautiful psalm of encouragement that I invite you to pray during this week. Beautiful. I raise my eyes toward the mountains. From whence shall come my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And as you read the psalm, the word garden just over and over. I think it's almost like seven times garden or guard. And the word shade, he's my shade. That is the sign of his power. That the Lord is our guardian. He's our shade, the shade at our right hand. And both of them, they explain the, the same idea, the same concept. They refer to a help that is a presence. A help that is a presence. The presence of the Lord is what gives us confidence, assurance, strength in the faith. And that explains why in the gospel today Jesus says that we should pray without ceasing. Because we need to be connected to that power, to that presence. So that we may experience that assurance in the faith. That encouragement, that confidence that comes from him, from his, his strength and not ours. So when you feel weak in this week, when you feel powerless... I invite you, like the psalm says, to even physically go out and look towards the mountain. Well, we don't have mountains, but we have hills here. And look at the hills. Look at the heights. Look at the Lord. Gain perspective again. And say, I look to the mountains from whence shall come my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He is my guardian. He is my shade. He is the one who protects me. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's always there for me. And I promise you that if you look up to heaven, that if you look up to the Lord, you will be strengthened. You will be encouraged by him. Fear if you're not walking to the heights. But if heaven is your final destination, know that you're going in the right direction.